Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Psalm 78. And I want us to look at the classic verse, verse 40 and verse 41. And we want to make sure that we do not repeat the same mistake that the ancient Israelites of old that they made and can pop up today in the lives of believers, but we want to eradicate this way of thinking from our lives. Psalm 78 verse 40, and we are preparing our hearts to receive the tithes and offerings and to bring them into the storehouse of God. Now verse 40, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power. Now, I want to focus on the phrase where it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. It's implied in the Hebrew that this limiting of the Lord caused within His heart what we would say in our English word would be, or English language would, would be the word exasperation. It literally exasperated God, frustrated the Lord to a great degree because of these limits they put on a limitless God. Now, the word limit in the Hebrew carries within its meaning that of the meaning of a mark. And what that means is that, for instance, you could mark out the area of where your farm was. There was a boundary. There was a perimeter, and you could mark that out. You could also mark out a house lot. But what the Israelites were doing in their estimation is they were marking out God's power, and they were putting a limit on that power. They were basically boxing God in within their mind, within their thinking. So they endeavored to set a mark or a limit on God's power, and they basically thought that he could not pass this certain marker, this certain boundary, and thus they limited him. And re they really, of course, did it to their own detriment. My friends, we have to be very careful that in our own lives, we don't make the same mistake. It's easy to read these stories and to think, well, how could they do that? When, when really in context of Psalm 78, it talks so much about how God delivered them, delivered them out of Egyptian captivity and took them through the Red Sea. And we think, how could they limit God after being eyewitnesses of this power? Well, it also says they did not remember his power. So you can have a miracle on one day and the very next day, if you don't watch it, you can get into unbelief. You can get back into more of what would be just a normal way of thinking. And we want to stay in the word and we want to stay in the spirit. We want to stay open to God's greatness and what he can do in our lives. We see a similar mistake made when Jesus came to minister within his own hometown in the gospel of Matthew chapter 13, the very last verse in that chapter, verse 58 says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They, in their estimation of Jesus, the locals, because they knew him personally, they didn't think there was anything special about the Lord. And it says he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So our unbelief, much like the people of Nazareth, much like the ancient children of Israel, not all of them, of course, but the majority of them were just in a place where they just thought, you know, God can work in this area, but we're not expecting him to go anything beyond that. And when we think like that, this can have major repercussions on our life. Now, the Lord spoke something to me before coming here and sharing this message with you today. He spoke to me that he wants to take many of you into what he termed the financial stratosphere. He wants to take you into the high, rare air 
where financial eagles fly. Did you know that there are actually some birds that can fly really way up there where even jet airliners fly? Oh, Pastor Stephen, that can't be. Well, it's true. You can search these things out on the internet. There are some birds that have actually been seen flying at an altitude of 30,000 feet. And that is at the same cruising altitude, actually a little bit higher than what a lot of commercial jet airliners cruise at. So this is amazing. The Lord wants to take you up there. And of course, the higher you go, whether you're a bird or whether you're an airplane, the less crowded it gets. Even with aircraft, uh, most of the commercial airliners, they are cruising right around 27, maybe 29,000 feet. A few at times will go past 30. But, you know, there's others that can, uh, they can cruise within the 40,000, uh, you know, some even go higher up into the 50s, 50,000 uh, feet above the ground. And there's hardly any traffic up there. So you can go very, very quickly and move very, very efficiently. But the Lord wants to take you into the financial stratosphere and in order for him to do that you have to let him help you through his word by the anointing of your spirit so that you can go there in your mind praise God I think it's important that you spend some time kind of dreaming with the Lord and analyze what exactly your expectations are for God to do in your life based upon your service to him, based upon your tithing, based upon the seeds that you sow. And you should talk with the Lord about what it is that you are expecting. This is very important. Uh, this is a kind of a classic testimony that many ministers have shared. I actually heard a, a minister sharing the testimony again yesterday about Pastor Happy Caldwell, who is a good pastor down in Arkansas. But uh, years back, he was in Hawaii, and he was going around, uh, I can't remember which island of Hawaii, but he was with another minister, and they were looking at houses. It was kind of like a house tour of all the beautiful homes that had the ocean views and things like that. And Happy Caldwell told the story of they were driving along, and then they saw a home that was like beyond the others. It was a spectacular home, so so beautiful that they actually stopped the car, he and the other minister, and they got out of the car to look at it. And Pastor Happy Caldwell said these words out of his own mouth. He said, as he was looking at that house, he said, I could never imagine living there. And the Holy Spirit spoke. The voice of God spoke to him and said, you don't have to be concerned about that. You never will. And he he was just like, well, why? You know, why? God, why would you say a thing like that to me? And the Holy Spirit said, because you cannot imagine it. And my friends, we need to not put limits on God. We need to not say, well, Lord, you, we, we know you can do this, but Lord, you certainly couldn't do that. No, we don't want to do that because God wants to do great things in your life. And please, my friends, don't limit the Lord. Praise God. I remember one minister on television came on uh, one, of the, one of the networks and he said, he said, before I came out here to speak to you on the network, he said, while I was back there praying, the Lord said, open up this service, which is being broadcast live on the network, open up this service to multimillion dollar donors. And you could like just sense the snickering and the laughter that kind of like went through the lot, some of the, some in the live audience. And I'm sure others were probably watching thinking, oh, that's just total baloney. But by the time he was done preaching his message, somebody had already called in and donated $5 million. One person had already called in and just see it triggered. It triggered a release of something that had not happened there before. And somebody called in and made a $5 million donation donation right on the spot. Praise God. My friends, please don't, don't limit the Lord. I, I think this is something that we can all work on. Even if you're already in a place, perhaps of what you would call success, or maybe what others would look at your life and say, yes, he or she is doing well. They have a life to be emulated. They, they are blessed. But even, even in places like that, that doesn't mean that you, you've maxed out God's power by any means. There is the story of uh, one of these great legendary golfers who 
was actually invited to travel to the Middle East. At that time, there were no golf courses in the Middle East, but with all the oil money and all of the extra, basically, money to burn almost that some of these guys had, they wanted to have their own golf courses. And so, uh, you know, if you have the money, you can build it in the middle of a desert if you know how and you use the right infrastructure. Well, they've pulled that off and they've done that now. It takes a lot of water, a lot of ingenuity, but nevertheless, they've done it. So they brought... Uh, one of our best golfers, our, our, our greatest golfer from America, uh, to the Middle East to advise and to, you know, give input. And the, the sheik that wanted him to give this advice also said, please help me with my golf swing and, you know, give me some tips since you're the greatest golfer in the world. Share some things with me that will help me. And he did all of that. And he was getting ready to leave and, the, uh, and fly back to America. And the sheik said, um, is there something that I could do to express my appreciation to you and for all the help that you have been to us? He said, well, uh, he said, you know, not, not really. He, and the sheik said, well, I'd like to do something for you. He goes, well, I do collect golf clubs, you know, the kind that you swing and hit the ball with. And the sheik said, okay. So, um, so the American golfer gets back home, and then a few days later, he's notified uh, through a phone call, uh, you know, sir, come, come inspect your golf club. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, this guy, he bought you an entire, you know, 18-hole course golf club. See, uh, see, the sheik was thinking on a different level. He wasn't thinking, oh, let me go out and buy you a driver or a putter and spend $400 and get you a good golf club. No, he was thinking an entire golf course like a golf club. <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think God wants us to open up our, our receiver to – Believe that he can do greater things in our lives. Praise God. Let's not forget his power. And let's not only forget his power. Let's be expecting him to release that power in our lives. Some of you are expecting a harvest. And you have a biblical right to do that. But my friends, don't expect your harvest to come back in just a little bitty basket. Expect it to come back in in giant quantities because God really wants to pour into your life. He really does want to take you into the financial stratosphere because he knows you'll use it for his glory. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now let's honor the Lord. Let's bring the tithes and the offerings now into the storehouse of God. And as you do so, as you do so, I want you to write on your giving that you're bringing in. I want you to write whether you're mailing it in or whether you're going to bring it in online in that little notation box online or write it on your check. If you mail it in, write no limits. Woo! Praise God. No limits. Hallelujah. And in this context, we're talking about how, how God can lift you up financially. No limits on how he can bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord forever. I believe he's going to show himself mighty in your life because you have not limited him. You have not marked him in or boxed him in within your mind. Praise God. Now, if you're going to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 2864. Five, four. If you would like to bring the tithes and offerings in through the internet online, please go to our ministry website, www.stephenbrooks.org, and there's the link on the homepage for tithes and offerings. Praise God. Now, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that has contributed to the Fence Project. The provision has come in, and we have called the Fence Company. We have the financial strength now to pay the entire remaining project off. Hallelujah. No debt. Praise God. Just pay it all off. And so we're about two weeks out from the installment of that. And it's going to be wonderful. In the interim, we are continuing to do the things that will move the property forward, beautify the property. We're going to be planting within the next couple of days, a couple of redwood trees and uh, other types of beautiful uh, just uh, cedars. And uh, it's going to be so nice with these various evergreen trees that we're bringing onto the property. And it's going to be a very peaceful place that if you ever would like to come and visit, you can find a place to pray and spend time with the Lord. Hallelujah. So thank you to everybody that has sown into the fence project. 
and we look forward to moving into future projects as, uh, as well that we tackle together. And thank you also for your obedience to the Lord with your tithes. Hallelujah. Now, Father, bless your people. Thank you, Father. No limits. No limits. They may be on a plateau right now, but they are about to exit that plateau and go to a much higher level. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise for tremendous financial overflow in the name of Jesus shout amen praise God today now let's take our Bibles and go to the book of 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and I want to talk about a place that some people that are in the body of Christ some people have gotten into maybe not intentionally but they've uh, kind of floundered into this position and I would call it the position of the paralysis of Analysis, And so if you're there, I want to get you unstuck, and I want to get you moving quickly into the direction that God wants you to be going towards. You have no, you have no um, place just camping out and settling down long term. Hallelujah. Now it is necessary at times to analyze and gather information and data, but my friends, you need to make a decision, and now it's time to be moving forward. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go to verse 7, but first let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the Scriptures, that the Holy Spirit would help us to see what it is that you're saying in this hour, in this moment, and we thank you for release to move forward with confidence and faith and assurance in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say, Amen. Now, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. First of all, notice that fear is not just some kind of intangible something or another. Fear is not just like this, you know, like it's like just a feeling that's or something trying to hit you. Behind fear is a real spirit. It is a spirit. Uh, it's just like a, a demon or an unclean spirit or an evil spirit, as we would say. But you have to understand that it's not just a feeling. There is something that's causing that feeling. It's a being. It's a person. It is a spirit of fear. And a spirit of fear can be an individual evil spirit, or they can gather together in groups and try to, be, uh, try to bring a heavier dose of fear. But either way, we know it's a bad spirit. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So you know if it comes, it does not come from God. It comes from the devil. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Okay, I like that. And of love, that's always necessary. And of a sound mind. Woo, praise God. The devil would like to get you all flustered. He'd like to get you all worked up and so uh, paranoid and so worked up that you really can't even think straight. And I've seen people like that over the last month and a half with all of the coronavirus stuff. People that are so paranoid, so worked up. It's like they're frozen. And in other scenarios in my life, I've actually seen certain things happen in life that fear would sweep in. I've actually seen people totally become paralyzed where they cannot even talk. They are so overcome with a spirit of fear. Now, it's not like something that's invisible, something usually generated that, that spirit or let loose that spirit, some type of action or something that took place, uh, some type of traumatic thing. But I have seen people so hit by a spirit of fear that they are, they are actually paralyzed. And it's like they lock up and they, they are so afraid they can't even scream, help. They can't even cry out, help. They can't, they can't do anything. They are so locked down. My friends, that is totally of the devil. God will always preserve you and keep you in a sound mind. Not confused, not disoriented, not, you know, just not, never knowing what to do, but a sound mind. And that's what we need in this hour where there's all kinds of things floating around out there, uh, ideas and, uh, you know, uh, even even within the body of Christ, you know, different visions, different dreams, different ministers having different words. And while various ministers can all contribute to give us a better picture overall of what is transpiring, some of the things that are said can also be 
can just be off. You know, some of the things can be well meant, well intentioned, but you know, it's just wrong. It came out of somebody's soul. It didn't really come from the Lord. So you have all this stuff floating and flying around out there. And I think what a lot of it has caused some believers to do is just to kind of shut down and wonder what, what are we supposed to do? It has actually caused paralysis. And that's because of all of the analysis of what's going on out there. Now, it is true that with the news media, they are in business to make money. And what makes money are stories that are spectacular in nature, stories that um, are shocking in their content. And so good news or good events, they're not going to report on. They want stuff that is scandal. They want stuff that, you know, is like shocking, even disturbing, so it'll grab your attention. So what the news, news agencies, what they focus on is the negative. And so they're going to talk day and night about the coronavirus. And even though that's already beginning that season of that, that thing, that challenge is beginning to pass away. They'll feed it as long as they can. And they'll talk about when it's going to come back and uh, will there be a vaccine? And then they'll probably emphasize, Oh no, there'll never be one or be years out and on and on they go with the negative. And then, you know, it's more talk about robberies and murders and natural disasters and tornadoes and economic trouble and just all of this stuff, all of this talk. And it ends up putting many people in a state of paralysis where some believers back off of their assignment and they start thinking about, well, is it time to really think about an escape plan? Well, my friends, we are not at that place where we need to start planning out the exit. Doesn't mean that that's something that you couldn't, uh, you know, potentially consider or stuff like that. But really, what is facing the church is actually a glorious hour. Now, I believe that the Feast of Israel, while they are real feasts and that, that they have been fulfilled through Christ, I also know that they are prophetic in nature. But let me say this, the church has never had the experience of what is portrayed through the Feast of Tabernacles, which is also known as the end gathering or the great harvest. Oh, yes, we've had some revivals and we, we have a few nations on the earth right now that uh, the Holy Spirit is moving strongly. But as far as a real strong what we would call a move of God that's really catching the, the attention of the full body of Christ, even catching the attention of the world. We haven't seen anything like that, but that feast prophetically has to be fulfilled. There has to be what we would call the fulfillment of the great commission, the ingathering of the harvest, the souls coming in. And this has to take place, Jesus said, before the end comes. The gospel has to be preached to all of the world. So we have a lot to do. We have a short amount of time to get it done. And the Lord is going to help those who are on assignment to get it done. Woo, praise God. So you don't want to miss out because the greatest hour for the church is here. And in the, in the world, the world is going to plunge further into gross darkness and various types of sin and wickedness and evil. Uh, things that I wouldn't even want to talk about. They're so disgusting that are being done in the name of science, which is really evil, perverted science and uh, awful things. But my friends, while we are aware of many of these dark workings that are going on behind the scenes as we are aware of an end time agenda and uh, the, uh, you know, an antichrist that wants to come forth and a one world government that many, many have already mapped out and planned out and are expecting and longing for and a one world religion and a one world economic system that is in the future. It is a pre planned prophetic event and it's outlined in God's Word, particularly in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation. And those things are going to come to pass. But, but we are not in the tribulation. We are not yet at that point. And we have this time to work with to get the gospel out. And that, my friends, is where the focus should be. Yes, yes, we see the deteriorating condition. But God's glory is upon you. God's anointing is upon you. And this is the time for you to rise up. This is the time for you to expand and increase. This is the time of God's blessing on your life. This is not the time to go find a cave to live in and hide in and so that you can escape the things to come. The things that are on the radar, they are eventually 
eventually will come, but we are going to get the job done first. Praise God. So, God wants you to walk in His power. He wants you to walk in His love, and He wants you to have a sound mind right now. Praise the Lord so that you can be established and stay focused on what He has called you to do. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. And let's take a look at the talents. Now, verse 24, it says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what? is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, I believe oftentimes when people are in fear and they're not, they're not moving, they're not moving. If you look carefully, you'll also see the sin of laziness that is somewhere in that as well. But when you are on assignment, when you are on task, when you love your job, when you love what God has called you to do, when you are so into your work that you even forget to take a lunch, uh, and you know, you got to finally remind yourself at 2.30 in the afternoon, hey, I haven't even had lunch yet, I need to stop and eat something. When you're caught up in the things that God has told you, put your hand on this and I'll bless it. My friends, you're not, you're not trying to think of how you can, how much little you can do and still get by. And you're not living in fear. You are in faith moving forward. So he says, I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I, have, I would have received back my own with interest. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 28 might as well read that one too. That's the next verse. Verse 28 really just wrecks the, the wrong theology or ideology of socialism. Verse 28, therefore take the talent from him, okay, the, the one talent from the unfaithful person, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Give it to him who has ten. Now see, this is what people that don't want to work, that are lazy, that want a free hand me out. They think, well, that's not right. He's already got 10. He, he doesn't need more. No, the Lord rewards faithfulness. Verse 29, for to everyone who has more will be given. See, those that are faithful, those that are, that are proven, those that are doing a good job, the world says, well, that's not right. You need to take that and, and give it to those that aren't producing anything. See, that's unbiblical. That's unbiblical. Praise God. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Well, Pastor Stephen, I kind of like the ideology of Robin Hood to uh, take from the poor and give it to the, uh, excuse me, for to take from the rich and give it to the poor. Well, that's called theft. And the Bible says that liars and thieves and the sexually immoral they will have their place, also the fearful, they will, and the unbelieving, they will have their place in the lake of fire that burns with brimstone forever and ever. So we don't want any, any part of doing that. My friends, there are some things in America that are legal, but just because it's legal doesn't mean it's lawful. Just because it's legal doesn't mean that God approves of it. Abortion is legal, but abortion is the murder of an unborn or even today a born child. That is horribly wrong. Praise God. So we have to be walking with the Lord, and God rewards faithfulness. That's the way God does. Hallelujah. So it's not time to pull back. It is time to move forward. Don't hide because of all of the analysis that's going on out there. Don't hide your talent. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, everything's sh shutting down. Uh, no, that's not true. D toilet paper companies are not shutting down. 
There's all, <laughs> one, of, one of these days, we'll finally have some good laughs about all of these people that went out and lost their minds, who did not operate in a sound mind, and bought a garage full of toilet paper. One day, we'll finally have a good laugh at all of the foolishness that has taken place because of those who yielded to a spirit of fear. Praise the Lord. But even as we see these things that are out there, and even as we know the things that the future holds, because we can read the book of Revelation, even as we know that, you must not become paralyzed. You must analyze and use wisdom, but you must keep moving forward. Not in fear. You must only move forward in faith, but you need to keep moving. And since you need to keep moving, you need to move forward in faith. Praise the Lord. So don't, don't look around and say, well, I have an excuse now, you know, to just not do anything. Don't do that. First of all, it'll lead to the poorhouse, okay? Because in all labor, there is increase. But if you, if you sit around and you take a month off, take two months off, and, and, you know, some of you have to take some time off because of government or state regulations. But once it's time to go back to work, you don't need another month off. You don't need six months off. It's time to go work. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we have had emails from online church members and ministry partners that have emailed us in the midst of all of this stuff, all of this virus stuff, who have actually told us we have increased during this time, we have had raises during this time, despite of the circumstances that are swirling out there. Now, there may be some of you, maybe your hours were reduced. Maybe your days at work were reduced. Maybe your job was put on hold. And they said, after all this stuff lifts, then you can come back. My, my friends, all I would say is stay in faith and keep moving forward. And don't sit around looking for the bottom to fall out. Keep moving forward with great expectancy that God is going to make up for any lost time, any lost, uh, any lost finances. It's going to be made up and it's going to be multiplied over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let us not be people that hide our talents. Here's why. Because you and I, we are covenant people. We have a covenant with God. When God sends forth His Word, it will not return back to Him empty. Praise God. God is a covenant-keeping God. And we, we connect with God on a covenant agreement. When we come in agreement with God through a covenant basis, there is nothing in this earth or in this universe that is able to unravel or undo that covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said, is there anything that can separate us from the love of God? No, there's nothing. Famine, death, sword, whatever. No, there's nothing that's going to separate us from the love of God. We are in covenant with God, and we love the Lord, and He's going to take care of us. And we also know that we are in covenant with Jehovah Jireh. That is one of the great eight compound names of God. Jehovah Jireh, the God who will see to it that your every need is met. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. And my friends, you are going to be just fine. You have a covenant-keeping God. You have Jehovah Jireh in your life. You're going to be all right. Praise the Lord. Now, let's put pressure on the covenant. You don't need to put pressure on people. You know, can you please help me? Please give me a free sandwich. No, we don't, we don't need to do that. Put pressure on the covenant. God, God will never make you a beggar. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now the devil loves to do that. The devil loves to degrade people. He loves, he loves for people to be in destitute situations where they have to grovel and degrade themselves to get a free hamburger or a free hot dog. But God won't ever do that to you. God is the one that established, he establishes dignity and honor in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So put pressure on that covenant. God, your word cannot fail. I'm a covenant child. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it says there is no lack to those who fear, who worship him. So just worship the Lord and praise him. Trust him. Live by faith. Walk in love. Everything's going to be all right. And you'll never taste the bitterness or the tragedy that, do, that those who are not covenant people experience, sadly, some of them on a daily basis. Your testimony is different because you are a covenant child. And this covenant is sealed through an oath, sealed through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It's called the new covenant. Now, let's go to the book 
of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 7. And let's take a look at a day in the life of the prophet Elisha. Very difficult time for the people of Israel because of the severe famine that is taking place. But look, just because there's famine, just because there would be economic famine, doesn't mean that you have to go under because you have a covenant-keeping God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come, how come the, uh, the kingdom of Israel was hurting? Because they were in rebellion. Because they were in a place, in many ways, of apostasy, not serving God, not obeying the commandments of God, just living in sin, serving idols, bowing down to all kinds of stupid statues. And then they wonder why they have this big mess on their hands and everybody's starving to death. Well, it's because of your sin. You, you have forsaken the Lord, and now the enemy has come in, and he comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's very good at what he does. So you need to stay very close to your covenant-keeping God. So those things never touch your life. Verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord tomorrow about this time, a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Wow. What's he doing? Same old, same old thing. Limiting God. Putting borders around God. Oh, let, let's, let's bring it to a modern day theology. God doesn't do miracles anymore. Hey, what do you expect? God to do a miracle? Well, yes, many of us do. We still believe the Bible. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Okay. So he said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat it. Now, there were four leprous men at the, gate of the, at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? So these four leprous men, they're sitting there because they can't go into the city because of Mosaic law. So some laws were still kept, the ones that the Israelites favored, and other, other laws they didn't like, they just, you know, they broke them all the time. So nevertheless, the, excuse me, the lepers can't come in, so they're sitting by the gate, so they're still close enough where people can throw them a loaf of bread or give them some food so that they don't starve. But the problem is, is now that the people on the inside of the city, well, they're starving too. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not a good time. But they said, why are we sitting? here until we die. What's going on? The paralysis that's caused by analysis. In other words, we might as well just give up. Everybody else is having a hard time. People are getting laid off and we never know we're going to go back to work. So just let, might as well just let the whole thing fall apart. No, no, no. If you are laid off temporarily right now and you're at home, uh, if the job you're going to it's not going to be resumed, then you can be looking for another job. If the job that you're going to, to go back to is going to be resumed as soon as things open back up, well, then you've got some time to be doing things at home, either work from home, or if, you're, if you are not being paid during this interim period of time, you know, just start doing all kinds of stuff around the house. Woo, praise the Lord. And get things accomplished. Get things done. Put your life in order. Put literally your house in order. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, they said... Why are we sitting here until we die? They'd obviously have been sitting there. That is the paralysis that's caused by the analysis seen in the natural because we have a brain and we have eyes and we, you know, we're, you know, we're not foolish people. Yeah, we, we can tell. Wow. Mm, there's no food out here. People are starving. Woo. Woo. Hasn't rained in a long time. We have a lot of problems. Stock market has collapsed and all of this stuff. And, you know, and not only that, we're going to be attacked by a, by a pagan nation. Probably all going to be dead in just a few days. And, you know, you can just listen to that stuff. You can listen to the negative news. And what will it do? Well, if you feed on it enough, if you feed on it enough, it will build you up big and strong in fear. And some people, they can get so locked in the fear, they go cuckoo. And the sound mind thing is totally out of the window. They start, they start doing stupid stuff like selling all of their stocks when the stock market is real low. Oh, oh, oh. And they, they, they don't even think about what they're doing because they're not in the sound mind and just start selling all their shares. <laughs> And watch, in six months, they'll be, all, they'll be all back up, probably higher than ever were before. But what was going on? People functioning in fear. And that is a paralysis that's caused by analysis. Now, yes, we can analyze. 
We can analyze, but just look, observe, and then get right back onto the Word. Okay, know what's going on. But in these times, really, these are excellent times to get set up so that you can pull ahead. You can pull ahead in great ways. There are certain industries right now that are all-time lows, and they're not going to stay that way forever. They never have. They're going to go back up. And those that are prayerful and those that are studious, they study these things. They look into these things. And it's the good old common wisdom, buy low and sell high. So right now, most things are low. And it is good to be in a place of prayer and study to take advantage of situations that don't often, that it's not that often they, they come around. Last time we had a situation like this was in the year 2008. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's all going to collapse, and we're going to end up on a one-world global uh, economic system, and if you don't take the mark on your right hand or on your forehead, then you can't buy or sell or eat, and it's over with. Well, that eventually will happen, but you know what? We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Look, I was around one of the world's leading prophets. This was 12 years ago. And when I say one of the world's leading, I'd put him in the top three on the planet. Okay, you have seven billion people on the planet. He's in the top three. And I'm standing there with him, and he says, um, you know, the government is going to shut down all the 501c3s and take tax exemption away from all the churches and all the ministries. He says it's going to happen. And the way he was talking, you would think it's going to happen tomorrow. And I, I, the Holy Spirit, you know, and not, not saying he's not a great prophet because he's proven as a great prophet. But you know what? The way he was kind of talking was like, it, you, you might as well just give up your 501c3 and, you know, just you might as well just throw all that stuff out because it's, it's all over with. But you know what? That was 12 years ago and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> Woo, and it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't happen for another 10 years. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. One of the world's greatest Bible teachers. I mean, I mean, I, I think they could teach on how to bake a cake and you'd sit there fascinated. One of the world's greatest Bible teachers said, said this from their studio, looking right into the camera. You know what? I'd be shocked that if we are here in 10 years, there's just no way with the way things are going. That was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago when that world-famed Bible teacher sat there before the eyes of all the Christian world and looked through the camera and said, I'd be shocked if we're here 10 years from now. With the way things are unfolding, there's just no way that we're going to be here. Well, here we are. Here we are. Not only did 10 years pass, it's now been 20 years since that famous statement was made. My friends, you need to get up and get moving. You need to get out of this paralysis. You need to stop idolizing all this negativity stuff, and you need to start hearing from the Lord, and you need to start moving. This is your moment. Woo! Hallelujah. This is the time prophesied Isaiah chapter 60. The glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. So get out of the cave. Get out of the, uh, get out of the tribulation bunker. Hallelujah. I'm not criticizing caves or bunkers. There will come a time, sometime, where, you know, that, that if we're still here, that's all debatable because of, you know, end-time eschatology, viewpoints, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or whatever. But you know what? I, I'm just saying right now, you, uh, this is your time for your lifting and your shining. This is not time to run away and move off into the Yukon somewhere and, uh, you know, and just d disappear. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, praise the Lord. God's going to lift some of you up in such financial strength that even before the year is over, you won't even recognize your former financial picture. You'll think, dear Lord, wow, has God ever changed? Some of you will increase tenfold. Get ready for it. Praise the Lord. And don't just sit there shout, yes. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, these lepers, thank God, they got up and they started moving and that they could get up in their miserable condition and they could start moving. You can get up and you could start moving also. Now, verse five, and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there because they figured, well, look, we might as well go somewhere. There's no food here. In the city, there's no food outside of the city. Maybe our enemy has sun. Uh, uh, if they kill us, well, we're going to die anyhow. So they moved on, and, and when they went towards there, but when they get there, the place is cleared out. Verse 6, for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. Where was that coming from? 
The angels were amplifying the movement of those four lepers. They were taking that faith walk of the four lepers and they were converting it into the sound of a great army and they sent supernaturally that sound to the Syrian army and it terrified them. When you get up and you start moving, it begins to generate a sound in the spirit. Praise the Lord. So you need to start moving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So they said one to another, that's the Syrian army. Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left their camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing. Very unusual. These situations where you find what would in many ways appear to actually be a setup where it looks like the people of God are going to get defeated. But the whole thing is really a setup for God's people's prosperity and their increase and their blessing. Because what kind of a soldier and all of these soldiers you know, go in the battle carrying silver and gold? No, the whole thing's a setup for their failure so that it can be transferred, the wealth can be transferred to God's people. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so they literally begin to plunder the enemy, and they realize, hey, this thing is bigger than us. This victory is not just about us. Let's inform the king. And the king of Israel is given word. He thinks it's probably like a sabotage surprise attack. They're setting us up. So he sends the scouts out. They realize, no, it's real. The enemy has totally been defeated. They fled in terror, and they took over. And they took all of those blessings. And verse 17 now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate, but the people trampled him in the gate, and he died, just as the man of God had said who spoke to the king, had, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two sayas of barley for a shekel, and a saya of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven could such a thing be and he had said in fact you shall see it with your eyes but you shall not eat of it and so it happened to him for the people trampled him in the gate and he died who died the man that was the doubter and the powder became the do without her and he died hallelujah my friends if you can't understand it please at least don't speak against it if, if you can't visualize it but may, but but maybe you still want to be a part of it just let the others break through let Judah go first and punch it through and then just say yeah I was there the whole time but please at least don't speak against it because God has it he has blessing even even certain ones reserved just for you just for you whoo hallelujah so I say to you today that this is your time of increase oh Pastor Stephen have you not heard the news I am aware of all the news but I say even still that this is your time of turnaround this is your time of increase and this is the time where the glory of the Lord is rising on you to a degree that even the unbelievers see it hallelujah hallelujah praise God now one more verse Romans chapter 14 verse 23 the Apostle Paul said but he who doubts is condemned if he eats now Paul was getting in to the rules and regulations of the Mosaic law those Christians in the new covenant that still had a Jewish mindset and many of them were still kind of like uh, you know trying to obey certain things and uh, that were pertaining to the law like this is a holy day this is not a holy day and all it, it, there's a lot of laws I mean there was like um, hundreds of them literally that's you know the pomegranate with what 600 and uh, 600 and something and other seeds. Every pomegranate has 600 and so many seeds. Well, that represents the exact amount of rules or regulations contained in that Mosaic law. Do this, can't do that, do that. 600 and something of them also. They, they correspond with each other. But Paul's just trying to smooth all of that out, understanding everybody's got their different way of viewing things. Some people want to eat meat. Uh, they think it's silly that vegetarians don't eat meat. And then Paul said some people are vegetarians and they're offended by those that eat meat. And, you know, Paul said, look, he said, verse 22, do you have faith? 
have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts, this is very important, he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. Now watch this. I'll never forget it. I was sitting in a Bible study. This was probably about 27 years ago. I was sitting in a Bible study in my local church, uh, Spirit-filled church. The, the Bible study was, be, uh, some, sometimes people would call it Sunday school, but it was the adult Sunday school, and it was before the main service. Well, on that day, the Sunday school was better than the main service. The teaching was really, really good, and it boiled down to this verse right here. And so the teacher was a lady. I still remember her name, Sister Nails. And so she's teaching this verse right here, and then she wraps it up. She pulls it together, and she says, for whatever is not from faith is sin. And it, and it hit the people. Somehow the force of that hit the people. And there was a lady uh, sitting there, and she, she, you know, she raised her hand because I was, I was there. I, I saw it, and I could feel the impact of that hit the people. The one lady raised her hand. She said, are you saying, she said, Sister Nails, are you telling me that if I go out and I do something, and I'm not in faith, but I do it anyhow, that God views that as sin. She said, yes, yes. She said, that's exactly what I'm saying, and I'm saying what Paul said. Paul is saying what the Holy Spirit said. That is the word of the Lord. If you're going to buy a car, and you go to buy that car with all kind of doubt and unbelief, uh, ooh, I don't know if God's going to bless this, it'll probably fall apart, and you, do, and you go do that in unbelief, that's, that's sin in the eyes of God. Look, if you're, going to, if you're going to do something, you need to have faith. Well, Pastor Steve, I, I don't know. I, there might be a lion in the street. He's going to eat us if we go out there. No, there's not no lion out there. Hallelujah. And if you go out. Go out in faith, praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Steve, you just might go out and die. No, 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 no. That's just total unbelief. Go. And when you go, go in faith. Pastor Steve, I'm afraid to get on that airplane to fly. I'm, well, look, we, we lead towards to Israel. Unless you're going to paddle a boat and you're going to ride on a boat for about 8,000 miles, you need to get on the plane. Mm, no, Pastor Steve, I'm afraid to get on the plane. Look, if you're afraid, don't get on the plane. But if you're going to get on that plane, get on that plane in faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. For whatever is not from faith is sin. It's sin. Pastor Steve, I'm paralyzed. I've done so much analyzing, I'm paralyzed. And yes, and you know what God calls that? He calls it sin. He calls it sin. And you need to break out of that and get moving. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Not only because you have a destination to get to, but also because if you camp out and you just say, well, you know, we might as well just sit here. We're all going to die anyhow. God views that not only as being, as being, you know, something that, of course, we wouldn't agree with. He, he just calls it sin. He calls it sin. And in the parable of the talents, Obviously, the Lord's reply to the guy that went and buried his, he said, you wicked and evil servant. It's wrong. It's wrong to just sit back and not do anything. It's wrong to just say, well, you know what? With the way things are, we just, we, we're going to shut it all down. And we're just going to shut it all down. That is not only wrong. It's not only stupid. In the eyes of God, it's actually sin. For whatever, okay, whatever, that's a big category. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Thank you, Jesus. So if you're going to do it, do it in faith. Praise the Lord. It is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. So you have to walk in faith, and you're going to, you're going to do what God has called you to do. Now, there's an anointing. There's an anointing to go up right now, possess your land, to expand and to increase. Now, May 31st. We will experience Pentecost Sunday, one of the three great biblical feasts. The three great feasts have always been Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Excuse me, <clears throat> Feast of Tabernacles. But we're coming into the Feast of Pentecost. This is your time of increase. This is the time for you to receive a new anointing, and you need to remove all limits in your thinking off of God. Let me share this. This is the time where, as we here as a ministry team have prayed, and the Lord has spoken to us, this is the time to move the, the ministry forward in the greatest way that we've ever moved it forward. We are actually reviewing right now potential contracts with various television 
networks. We are going to move the television ministry. We have a, we have a half year of the highest quality television programs already recorded. They're already paid for. They're already they're already packaged and ready to go out to any network. We are in negotiations and in uh, talks with various networks of which one do we want to select. And perhaps through the Lord's blessing, we could select more than just one. Mm -mm. You know what I would like to do? I would like to take pure gold, our half hour television program, and I would like to see it either on direct TV on one of the networks, and there's many Christian networks on direct TV, or on Dish Network. Those are the two big networks, direct TV or Dish Network. You know what would be golden? To be on both. Be on a network that's on direct TV and to also be on a network that's on Dish TV. Woo! Praise the Lord. And my friends, we can do it. We can do it. We are releasing our faith. We are believing that as we come into Pentecost Sunday, that we will have provision to come to a contract deal where we can purchase the airtime to take the gospel literally to millions of people all over the planet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, my friends, it's time to not sit still. It's time for you with the plans for your life, the things that God is revealing for you to move forward into. It's time for you to pray, and then it's time to step out in faith. Praise the Lord. So as we are moving towards Pentecost Sunday, I would like for you to just be praying in your heart. What could you do? What seed could you sow? What Pentecostal seed could you sow to help the ministry with our television program of pure gold to be able to move to the nations through television. We want to be able to purchase airtime. Hallelujah. We want to be able to do it up front. We want to be able to do it up front. So my friends, I want to invite you to pray about that, that between now and Pentecost Sunday, you could get a special pure gold television seed in to this ministry that will enable us to purchase Airtime, because we're not sitting back. We are going to preach the gospel to the whole world, and we want to get on high-level platforms to do it. And we have the material. We have the content. You know, in the second season of the, of the programs that we've recorded, every single one has an altar call. We're going to see two things happen. Number one, soul saved, okay? And that's really, that's really uh, the thrust of what you want to see take place. But we're also going to see, along with souls saved, we're going to see people that are already believers strengthened and built up in their faith. Because that was my great challenge. Once I got saved, I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, what do you do when you're a Christian and the devil's beating the daylights out of you and he's got victory in your life in all kinds of different areas and you're thinking, how do I stop this guy? Okay, this is where we step in with teaching from the Word of God that produces victory in people's lives. And we're going to send it all over the world. If you would like to stand with us in this project, your precious seed will be used for that. So if you want to note it as Pentecost Seed. Just let, just let that be known. Mark on it, Pentecost Seed, because it's all going to go for the television uh, airtime so that we can purchase airtime. Woo! Praise the Lord. This is the time of expansion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, right now, take all restraints off on God. God's a big God. Don't limit the Lord. Don't limit the Lord. This is your time to go up, regardless of... Those going down out there, but those going down don't have a covenant. That's the difference you do. Praise the Lord. Amen. So be praying about that. Be praying about sowing a seed and prepare your heart to do that as we get closer to Pentecost Sunday, May 31st. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody watching today that if there's been anybody who's gotten frozen, who's gotten uh, shell shock, who's gotten uh, just confused because of all of the stuff floating out there. I pray, Father God, that they get moving again, that they get moving again in the name of Jesus, and they start moving in faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And it's not the end yet. We're in the last days, but it is not yet the end. Woo, praise God. We have time to work. We have time to work. And I want us.
I want us that when our lives are done and the Lord takes us home through that blessed hope, the catching up of the saints, the catching up of the church to go to be with the Lord in the air, and He takes us home to heaven, and we have the wedding feast, the wedding supper of the Lamb. I want us to know that we did all that we could do with all of our talents and all of our resources to bring in many people into salvation that we possibly could, and also that others that we rescued and we built them up with the Word, and they begin to overcome, and they begin to become victorious. Hallelujah, through the clean, pure teaching of God's holy, holy word, which is able to bust anybody free from any bondage of the enemy. Hallelujah, praise God. This is what people need right here, and we're going to pour it into them. Hallelujah, through every program. So my friends, I want to invite you to stand with me. Let's do these things together so that when we finish our course, we have rewards awaiting us in heaven. Praise God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Now. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion. If you are watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, my friends, He died on a cruel cross in Jerusalem. There at Calvary, He died for you. He laid His life down as a sinless sacrifice so that, so that you can come through His act of sacrifice and receive, by faith, receive forgiveness of sins, washing away of sins, receive newness of life, and have your name written in the book of life. If you would like for your life to be made right with God right now, don't wait another moment. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Change me. Give me your new life. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. I yield my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for washing my sins away. I belong to you now, and I'll serve you and live for you all the days of my life. Amen. And amen. My friends, he's heard that prayer. He has saved you from your sins, and you now belong to him. Now, let us all, as a church family, take holy communion together. Uh, this is what I'm getting from the Holy Spirit. There are those that are watching. I see, I see those in China. I'm speaking to the Christians in China. I don't know how you watch me. I, know, I just know that you do because <laughs> we get your emails, okay? And I also know that we have online church members in China. And, of course, we safeguard all of that information. It is highly protected because of the persecution against those beloved saints. But God's going to raise up heavyweight financial champions out of China you may think, oh, Pastor Stephen, we don't have that, uh, that flexibility to do that. Yes, God's going to make it happen anyhow. Praise God. And I see God raising up financial champions out of China. God's going to raise up financial champions to other parts of the world. Listen, I'm talking to you. You are destined by the Holy Spirit to hear this message before you were ever born. God had determined that you would hear and receive this message into your heart. You are going you are going to the financial stratosphere. You will be an end-time financier of the kingdom of God. You will help me to preach this gospel around the world. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. And we share in the rewards together. Mm -mm. I can't do it without you. I can't preach unless you send me. Hallelujah. I'm not just talking about in person because I can go in person, but I'm limited in how many places I can go and visit. But through television, through television, that's that's the oceans of the world. That's the Pacific. That's the Atlantic. That hits the multitudes more than anything else. And we do it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. Woo, thank you, Father God. We bless it. We consecrate it and set it apart as holy. We thank you, Father. This is the flesh and the blood of our Savior. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we have time to work. Thank you, Father God. I thank you for church members and partners that, that you have called to co-labor with me. Thank you, Father God. We ask for millions of souls. Give us millions of souls, Father God, through television, through internet. Give us millions of souls, people of all races and colors and nationalities. Let us bring them in. Father, we would ask that we would find favor in your sight to be those that pull in the big nets 
in the last days. We ask you for this. Give us souls and let us build up your people to be strong in faith all around the world. Thank you, Father God. We receive now the flesh of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Live very carefully. The devil, the devil knows this is your breaking out time. This is your breaking out moment. This is your lifting up moment. Live carefully. You, the, the fence, the hedge of protection is all around you. Stay within the, the borders that God has placed of safety, which are his commandments. Stay in there. Stay in safety. The enemy can't touch you. Glory to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your fence of protection all around our lives. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, that the enemy and his evil intentions, they come up against the fence and they're stopped. We thank you that we have divine protection through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, O oh God, that we belong to you. Father, we give you all of the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward in faith. Pray and let the Holy Spirit show you what the next move is that you are to make. Thank you for standing with me as we move forward towards Pentecost 2020, May 31st, as we're believing God to be able to purchase airtime on a major network, perhaps by God's goodness, as we don't put limits on him, perhaps more than one network. Glory to God. My friends, thank you for standing with me. Amen. Let's do the best that we can. Let's prepare our hearts to sow a special seed for Pentecost that will be used for this purpose. Thank you for your prayers. I'm praying for you, and I'm believing that God, the limitless God of power and might and strength, will show His power in your life. Get ready to go to the next level. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you back next time.